Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Morning, everybody. Happy Father's Day. One of our core values is called creating healthy family. And that's, that's a true value in, in the heart of God. And today is Father's Day. And I, I think first and foremost, maybe we can look in the Father's face right now and just tell him Happy Father's Day. Amen? Let's just look at him. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> You're a good father, Lord. A good dad. Today... Um, I do want to speak into into fatherhood and, you know, mothers, women, and men who aren't fathers yet or maybe never are going to be, do not check out, please, because this is important for all of us, all right? It's important for all of us. Um, and, and, and there's going to be truths that I'm going to share that will apply to everybody. So don't just think, oh, that was for them. I can just sit here and check out or aim it at them. Nope, we're going to all take in something, right? But, but my message today, Sam, here you go, buddy. He likes it when I say the title of the message because he makes the podcasts. The Powerful Fatherhood. Okay, The Powerful Fatherhood. Some of the things I'm about to say are going to be important for those who are in my hearing in this room. They're going to be important for people if they hear it online or on the podcast that are not in this room, and it's going to go farther than that because I believe that the words I'm about to speak are also going to go out into the spirit realm, and I hope set some things straight because there's some straightening that needs to happen in today's culture. Amen? Amen. In this day and age, we're in an unprecedented time in history of the devalue of masculinity and ultimately the father. And, and I, I believe that the Lord wants to bring balance to things that are out of whack. All right? Man, I feel something anointed on my head that I've never felt before. I know this is serious. All right, men, Satan is doing his best through the culture to emasculate you. By God, do not let this happen. Women, Satan is doing his best through culture to defeminize you. By God, do not let this happen. Now, there's a lot that can be said about what that looks like practically. That's not how I'm going to spend my time. But the secular, humanistic, anti-Christ, anti-Bible spirit of this world is doing everything it can to condition our minds to believe that there's anything other than the nuclear family, father, son, children, the origins of gender, that to try to make those things not the only way, not the, not the only right way. Everything else can be okay. And I want to tell you that, that um, there's love and there's grace and there's mercy for every person. And God sent Jesus to die on the cross for each person equally 
out of absolute love. But there's rights and there's wrongs, and we've got to be able to say the truth about these things. In love, in humility, in grace, in mercy, not in judgment, but in rightness. Amen? It's ironic to me that Father's Day is right in the middle of Pride Month. I'm good with that. I'm good with that because this one day has the power in it if we tap into heaven's grace to shift something that the world's trying to do. And I want to let it be known that anytime you ever hear me say anything in regards to genders or family, that it's always going to be in reference to the biological male, the biological female from birth, family unit, husband, wife, children in the home, unless if I address it differently for a purpose, okay? I just need to let that be known. I do not want to ever allow secular humanistic ideals to mix into my theology, hopefully not yours as well, and our biblical value systems. Me saying these things could feel very uncomfortable for some people. I've never been one to be accused of avoiding the uncomfortable, okay? Doesn't make it not comfortable. But God's word must not be compromised. Amen. And I needed Jesus to die for my sins and my brokenness as much as the next person. So I don't say things out of judgment. It's actually out of love. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Jesus died for all of us, for our sins and our brokenness equally. So we love people even when we disagree with them. That looks like Jesus to be able to do that. Amen? Amen. We're not going to compromise our biblical values for anyone, though. Okay? If Satan's attack, if any of Satan's attack through modern culture towards your gender has had any effect, the Father wants to restore you. I read a Facebook post by a guy named Cal Pierce, who is the director of the International Healing Rooms. And he said this, this coming Father's Day, he's talking about today, and I'm, I just declare this in the spirit right now. The orphan spirit will be overcome by the spirit of adoption. Come on. Now, we live in a fatherless generation like no generation ever before. And, and that's a big problem. It's a, that's honestly probably one of the, the top problems. All right? Homes without fathers, that's more than ever right now. But even still, homes with fathers, physically, but not present mentally and emotionally, is still fatherlessness when they're not present to fill the need, to fill the void of the children. Amen? Fatherlessness creates dysfunction and brokenness and waywardness. God is a father 
a good father. And he understands the crucial role of the father. I'm going to speak into that today. He can heal and he can restore all things. Amen. Amen. Broken homes, he can heal it. Broken hearts because of fatherlessness, he can heal it. Broken identities, he can heal it. Jesus died to be a redeemer, to be a restorer of all things. And he loves everybody just the same as unconditional love. Hallelujah. The Bible starts off the very first few words of the entire Bible. In the beginning, God. That's not the complete sentence, but we'll stop right there. In the beginning. It's not just the beginning of the Bible. It's the beginning of history. In the beginning, God. And God is the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Before anything else existed, there was fatherhood and sonship. Everything he's done has been built from that place. Amen? I was reading the genealogy, the traces from Adam to Jesus. It kind of goes backwards in, in Luke 3.23, 16 verses of genealogy. I'm not going to sit here and read it to you. But it starts off, yeah, hallelujah. Starts off, it says, now Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph, the son of Heli, and then it goes into a whole bunch of verses with the son of blah, the son of blah, whatever. And, and, I, and I, I took the time and I counted each one. And I think I counted it accurately, but I sneezed twice and I almost lost my count. That there's 77 generations from father to Abraham down to Jesus. Seven, seven, holy number. It's pretty amazing. And then verse 38, at the very end of that whole genealogy, it goes all the way back. It says the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. It doesn't say Adam created by God. It says Adam, the son of God. The human race started out with sonship of a father. Come on. It's amazing. What do we see in this genealogy that's important here? It's God's value for sonship and fatherhood. The generations. It's not just about legacy, although that's super important. It's about fathers and children and fathers and children, mothers and children, all the way through. God loves the family. He loves the family. Jesus called himself the son of man, but we also know he's the son of God. He was equally man, equally God by choice. And, and as son of man, he, he, was, he was ultimately the son of God through the generations of humanity, 77 generations, the son of God, human, the human side of it. But as son of God, he's directly one generation the Son of the Most High God. That's amazing. And what this shows is that God is it's very important to Him. The Father, the, the Father role in our life. 
on the, in the human side of it, we need fathers. In the spiritual side of it, we need the Father. Amen? Without these things, life goes awry. awry. Things go into disarray. And, and the, first, the first human institution that God ever created, it was not religion. It was not church. It was not business. It was not government. It was not laws. It was family. And guess what? Family is father, mother, biological children. And that's how God loves it. That's how he created it. That's what he has always planned. And he knows what creates a healthy, balanced life of a human in this world. Okay? Healthy family. Creating healthy family is a core value. Adam, the son of God. Sonship. Adam, Eve, Cain, and Abel. And Seth, the first household. He started the human race with a household. Okay? The first household, pretty wild, also was very dysfunctional. It was amazing while they were connected to the Father, but when they became disconnected to the Father through the deception of Satan, he sowed dysfunction into the home and created death out of it. He tried to break a home. And, and they started the human race from a broken home. The dysfunction was because of the disconnection from the heart of their father. Okay? Adam and Eve, the, the father and mother, the human race. Glorious and very sad, all at the same time. A healthy connection to a father who loves you, grounds you. It grounds you. I don't mean the, father, the dad gets you grounded. That's not what I mean. It grounds you, it, st it, it roots you, it, it gives you a foundation and stability, amen? Yes. And as a matter of fact, Paul was talking to his spiritual son, Timothy, and, and he actually makes it very clear that family even comes before church and, and religion. 1 Timothy 3, 4-5, through 5, he's talking about leaders of the church, and he says, one who rules his own house well... This is a qualification that was necessary for leaders. is someone who rules his, house, his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his, house, his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? The point is, family before all other things. Not before God, but God's part of it. Amen. Now, don't hear me saying, don't come to church, because I'll preach you a whole series on why that would be a bad mistake, all right? But, but what I'm saying is we need to make sure that the values of our heart are in right order. We are, uh, we are accountable to the Lord for how we're doing our household, how we're doing family, all right? By the way, that's not just to men. <laughs> that's to all of us. Family must come before church career, your jobs, your dreams, your hobbies, 
even sports. Family needs to come before any of those things. God's nation is Israel. And guess what? That nation came into being as a family. And the patriarchs are Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Father, son, father, son, father, tribes. Family. Started as a family. And Abraham actually is called the father of many nations. He's, the fa- he's known as the father of our faith. Come on. Listen, guys. Fatherhood, very important to God. Women, fatherhood, <laughs> very important to God. Okay? Now, Abraham, the father of all of this, also had another son named Ishmael. What about Ishmael? Well, Ishmael, Ishmael actually is the patriarch of many things, but one of the many things he's a patriarch of is the world's largest religion that hates Jesus Christ. Now, what I don't want you to hear me say is that I'm bashing people who are Muslims because I love Muslims, and so does Jesus. I'm not saying that against any person, but the spirit behind that religion is Antichrist, and it goes all the way back to Ishmael. And and Ishmael, what's different between him and Isaac is that he was born out of wedlock. Okay, It wasn't Sarah who was his mom. And he grew up without a father because he actually was sent out of the household of Abraham. And so he was raised a fatherless person. And the angel that came to his mother in Genesis 16, 12 said, He will be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. What's my point? Why, why am I bringing that up? Because a, ch- a child growing up without a healthy family has greater tendencies to be broken and have a dysfunctional life. Hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. I have good news for you. Because I know that it can sound very awkward for me to be standing up here saying these things to some people. I have good news. God is a redeemer. And he's a healer. He's a healer of spirit, soul, body, and relationships. And I believe that we're coming into an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the end times move of God, that's going to actually bring with it a huge, powerful movement of reconciliation and restoration in homes and in families and in relationships. If somebody could please say amen, because that's good news. I want to give a disclaimer to the things I'm saying right now. I'm not saying that God's judging people who are born out of wedlock. I'm not saying 
that, that he's judging anybody who grew up without a father. I'm not saying that if anyone has had children out of wedlock, that there's judgment, because there's grace and mercy. Grace and mercy, all right? If you've if you raised a child without their father, there's grace and mercy. There's, there's, there's strength in heaven to back you up. If you've been raised in a broken home, there's grace and mercy for you, okay? But we got to get through this sermon here to try to get to the place where there's hope coming in because I'm not trying to stand here and shame anybody. God's a redeemer, and we all need that. God's, I want to I talk for a little bit about what God's design and role for the Father is meant to be. And, and uh, I want to say this, that, that when the home is not in order, things get out of balance. Okay? And again, these things are going to also be able to be applied to everybody, not just dads in here. But, but this is important to the, to the spirit of the godly father. The most important virtues of the godly father, and I'm going to go into each one of these, but one, and this is not going to cover everything. These are the ones I felt like God told me to say today. One, the godly father strives to be a godly husband. What? That this is about dads and kids. Yeah. It's about your family. It's about your, your marriage first, actually. Okay? Number two, the godly father nurtures and invests into the hearts of his children. Number three, the godly father imparts strength and identity to his kids. Amen? Anybody doing okay in here? Okay. I'll take your word for it. I'm gonna. I want to read out of Ephesians five, um, twenty-five through thirty-three, because I'm gonna. I'm gonna hit point number one first. The godly father strives to be a godly husband. Ephesians five twenty-three, twenty-five through thirty-three. Sorry, husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church. Wow, God wants us to see our wives as glorious. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies, as he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of, the, of his flesh, and his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become flesh. This is the great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife, as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. All right, now why am I talking about marriage when I'm talking about fatherhood? It's important. Because we all need to understand that next to our relationship with God, if you're married, the most important relationship is your spouse. After that, the kids, but not before that. All right? When that's in its place, 
the rest works out fine. All right? And I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to claim that I'm perfect in these ways. If you hang out with me and Jessica for too long, you'll realize that. I'm working on it. Okay? I feel like Holy Spirit help us to do all right, not to get too serious right now. Although this is serious, I guess. Help us. Help me, Jesus. I need help. All right, listen. When, when our marriage is out of order, the home is out of order. And moms and dads, we are the trainers of our children's thought processes, feelings, and self-management skills, among many things. All right? And, and the kids are watching us. Whether you're trying to talk to them directly about these things or not, um, they, they see you, and they're intaking what we are emitting into the atmosphere. Even if they don't hear it or see it directly, we're still carrying a, an atmosphere with us, all right? How we do marriage deeply impacts, us, impacts the lenses of our children's worldview. Imagine the worldview of people who have never seen a healthy marriage before. You guys might have to push through with me here. Men, all right, men, listen. We, even if you're not married yet, you're going you're gonna to know this one day, all right? We must lay down our lives for, for our wives, who are our children's mom, all right? We've got to love her well. We've got to work to understand and care for her with sensitivity. We need to protect her. Protection doesn't just mean a shotgun in the closet. It also means protecting her mentally, spiritually, emotionally, these ways. She needs, a, she needs to feel a sense of security and safety, okay? We need to elevate her. We need to embrace her femininity and her different graces and strengths and understand that her virtues actually cover our weaknesses, our lack, okay? And we need to be able to work through conflict because I know they happen. Like I said, you hang out with us very long. <laughs> We're opposites. But, but we got to be able to work through conflict and, and get to a place where we humbly can come into unity with each other. Amen? I don't know. I, it, this, this feels thick in here right now. <laughs> don't do these things just as an example. Do them because you embrace it from your heart. The, to see dad love mom like this creates a profound sense of security in our kids. Okay? I'm looking at my notes a lot because I've never preached on this before. <laughs> when Jessica and I, sometimes we'll see our kids um, acting out of order like a lot, like they, they often are, but I mean like where it gets like crazy, <laughs> like intense and long. Sometimes the Holy Spirit helps us to realize that what's actually happening is that's in the wake of us not doing real good ourselves. And a lot of times, what the, the things that we think that we need to correct in them, the Holy Spirit actually shows us, actually, the imbalance started with you two, and that just kind of resulted in these things. All right? 
And when we, when we work at it to, to correct our, our hearts towards one another and we restore that, that connection, we, we start seeing the kids start aligning rightly again. Wow. There's something that goes on in the spirit that beyond what we know. Okay? Number two, the godly father nurtures, invests into their kids' hearts. That 1 Timothy 4 passage I read where he, he's talking about how can you lead a church unless you rule your own household well. A lot of people hear that and they hear the words, he rules his household. And, and, the, and he brings them into submission. And some people hear those things and they think, oh, well that just empowered me to have a power trip. I get to be the, the, the man who, call, who, who, who commands and they have to obey. Guess what? God has given husbands and fathers an authority, but it's not, so that we can, it's not for the sake of being someone in authority. It's for the sake of empowering us to love well, to love well, to lift up well, to cover well. Amen? The, the household that's in order isn't about command and they do a good job obeying. That's, that's out of order. It's about loving and serving well and coming under, just like Jesus, who, who is the, the, the Lord of all. He said, I didn't come to, ser- or to be served, but to serve. To, to invest our hearts into our families and try to create this kind of an environment. Order doesn't come primarily by commands. It comes by love and heart investment. Okay? 1 Thessalonians 2, 11 through 12. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. Paul said, You know how to affectionately, or sorry, you know how affectionately we treated each one of you like a loving father cares for his own children. We comforted and encouraged you and challenged you to adopt a lifestyle worthy of God who invites you into his kingdom and glory. That's what a father looks like. The qualities of a loving father, affection, care, comfort, encouragement, and challenge. Is it thick in here or is it just me up here? This modern, I'm not talking about people in here, but just in general, the culture that we live in, it's a fatherless generation. And, and a lot of homes don't have a dad. A lot of homes have a dad, but not connected. And, and listen, even, even where the dads do connect, a lot of times there's places where our children, and I can say this from my own life, Raised in an amazing Christian home. And I know that probably this would be the case for David as he gets older. I don't know that any one person is going to be able to do the perfect job for every person. All right? There's going to be gaps that need to be filled. And so in those places, people can still feel the experience of being fatherless because they didn't get filled in the place they needed to be holistic and healthy and balanced. All right? And so our kids, our kids... Fathers, from us, they, what they need is they need our time and undivided attention. All right? 
How many times do I hear my, my son, David, say, Daddy, look at me, and I'm sitting there on my iPhone. I'm like, just give me a, give me a minute, and, and he's always, look at me, and, and, and sometimes I miss those moments. Kids need us to, to give them our attention. They, they need us to focus on them and, and the things that matter to them. They need us to interact with them. They need us to play with them, to do things that they like, not just things that we want to do. But they also need us to include them in the things that we do and to show them the way. And sometimes I think dads have a tendency, and I, I've done this, to, to have a project I need to get done. And, and I know that the, trying to involve him is going to slow me down or get in my way. And a lot of times dads just can't do that. I just need to get this done. But guess what? We have an opportunity sometimes to pay more attention to things that are going to have an eternal fruit than just the moment that we're trying to be to accomplish something in what was more important the project or the opportunity to invest myself into my kids we need to remember these things amen <laughs> we, we need to teach our kids the life skills and we need to teach them how to do things but we also need to teach them how to think how to feel, how to process, all right? And uh, mom will remember this because it was only yesterday. Um, we, were, um, we were in a restaurant in Noblesville, and, and the restaurant has the, about probably, probably 32 flavors of ice cream right there. And, and our kids got a kid's meal, and it included a scoop of ice cream, and David had already been spying out all the different colors. And, and, uh, and so I think that when he was eating his little corn dog nuggets, he had ice cream on his mind that whole time. But after we got done, I went up there to ask the lady, well, how do we, how do we, how do we cash in on the ice cream for the kids? And she said, well, it's one scoop, and the choices are chocolate, vanilla, or strawberry. <laughs> so I, I had to talk to the kids about it because I never even promised them ice cream, all right? That was kind of like the bonus inclusion there. And, but David had already seen the whole thing, and, and I, we, we had to kind of talk him through it when I told him that your choices are chocolate, vanilla, <laughs> or strawberry. And, it, and in his mind, he sees dark brown, white, and red, but he remembered the whole rainbow spectrum over there. And you could just see the disappointment on his face. <laughs> and and I, I had to share with him, David, you got two options. You can, you can be thankful for the option that you have. Or I can be thankful for it and I'll eat it for you. He, he chose to enter himself into thankfulness, all right? <laughs> he, 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 he learned, he, it was a learning how to process my options moment. I could have just snapped at him and said, David, you either take it or you're not getting it. But taking an opportunity to present choices and, and you, you can actually think through this one, buddy. And, and it's not always fun, but it gives you an opportunity to actually move into Something that, that creates powerful thinking in the future. And yesterday, another fun situation 
was I was in my office just getting ready for today, and, and David knows he's not supposed to come into my office without knocking or whatever, but he forgets it like every five minutes. And, and he came barging in, and I, I, right then, I, I needed to focus, right? And, but I, I had an opportunity. I, the Holy Spirit stopped me right before I rebuked him to tell him to leave. And I, I realized in that moment I have an option here. I can, I, can, I can command and make him obey me, and he will. Or I can teach him how to think through why. And so, and, I, and I, I was like, David, listen, every time you interrupt me, it's actually making how, much, how long it's going to take me to work get longer. And if you're wanting to have family time, you're actually taken away from family time. And helping him to think through. It's not just get out of here. You obey me, boy. But, oh, wow, my doing this actually is negatively impacting something that I wouldn't want if I just would have thought about it. And training him how to enter into higher level thinking. And so we can either use our authority to get obedience or we can train them how to think and how to grow in wisdom. And dads... And moms, too. That's what we get to do with our kids. Amen? So we teach them not just how to do, but how to, how to think. And to process emotions. One of the most important things that I've seen with, with David, Livy's still a little young, so she's still growing into this stuff. But um, David, like, we can get on to him about being rude or getting mad, but when, when we help him to connect his heart with God and to see how, how that makes God feel and you see conviction come into his heart, that's a powerful moment. Because we can parent just by external motivation, or we can try to help grow them into a place where they get their own conscience, and they become internally motivated. And that sets them up to grow into healthy and mature women and men. Amen? <laughs> oh, my Lord, help me. There are times when, when Jessica and I have crazy busy runs, little, little seasons of crazy busyness, and I'm sure everybody does at times. But, but we've also noticed sometimes when, when it's so long and we, we can start seeing behaviors out of our kids that is getting out of alignment, and, and we start realizing, whoa, I just, I, I, I wanted to keep rebuking them and disciplining them, but the Holy Spirit shows us, Wow, actually, their love tanks have gotten really depleted because we weren't investing into them like they need, a healthy continual dose of. And when we recognize these things, we realize, okay, we're going to push through this and try to end the busyness as soon as we possibly can, and then we're going to overcompensate pouring into their hearts and giving them lots of attention just to try to refill that love tank. Because we, we want to we make sure that we're not just doing life and getting them to obey us well, but, uh, but we want to pour into them and invest into them. Amen? You guys all right? Yeah. I'm going to move on. I'm going to skip some things. <laughs> One thing that we've been realizing is that um, as parents, we are more accountable we're more accountable, we're more responsible about how they turn out than they are 
in their young ages. The third thing that a father does as a, as a godly father is to impart strength and identity. Whether we know it or not, we are imparting something to our kids, y'all. Something. And listen, this goes beyond just kids. If, if you feel like this stuff doesn't even apply to you, oh, it applies somewhere. Because you've got relationships that get impacted by the way you're managing yourself, all right? So this isn't just a dad sermon. It's actually kingdom principles for all of us. Whatever your heart is filled with is what you're going to impart into those you influence. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And Proverbs says, power of life and death is in the tongue. If you have somebody that, you, that looks to you, that you influence, the way you're carrying yourself, what you, what, you have, what you carry in you gets emitted out of you, and it's going to influence them. So we have to determine what are we going to carry that's going to impact somebody else's life. And that should be a sobering thought to all of us. We need to keep our hearts connected with God. And listen to this. We are, account we are accountable for the fruit that our children bear from our seeds. We are accountable for the fruit our children bear from our seeds. Often kids' behaviors in public emulate what the home life looks like in private. Ouch, to me. <laughs> Dads need to impart masculinity into their sons. And moms cannot impart that, but they do need to affirm it. Which means to acknowledge, celebrate, protect, and steward, and give space for dad to do what mom cannot. Moms need to impart femininity into their daughters. Dads cannot impart it, but they need to affirm it. And give space for mom to do it. Dad cannot. You can only impart what you have. Okay? A guy named John Eldridge wrote a book called Wild at Heart. A powerful book. I don't know if the revised edition helps with some of the issues that trouble people right now, but it's a powerful book. And he said, in order to understand how a man receives a wound... You must understand the central truth of a boy's journey to manhood. Masculinity is bestowed or imparted. A boy learns who he is and what he's got from a man or the company of men. He cannot learn it from any other place. He cannot learn it from other boys. And he cannot learn it from the world of women. It's a good word. I just want to say, men, that, that we... We need to know who we are in Christ, and we need to know that we're influencing people around us, and that we actually have a power to transfer groundedness in the Lord to people, okay? And we need to, we need to understand the God-given parts of identity, and the more we come into that, the more the Lord is going to help reveal to us false parts of our identity, to, to purify us and to set us free from falsity. We don't want to impart those parts into people. But the true form of who we are, we can impart these into people. Okay? And, and we need to declare 
belief. Belief and greatness into our kids. I remember when I was a kid, my dad would tell us, my brother and sister and me, he would tell us, I believe that you guys are going to grow up and be great people who are going to end up. And in his mind, he's thinking things like, he knows there's a hole in the ozone layer. Maybe one of you guys are going to invent something that plugs the hole. Okay, I don't care about doing the science projects to do that. But he's like, I, I believe that you're going to change the world one day or another, one way or another. And, and he put that confidence, that belief in us that we can make a difference. There's, there's a sense of significance. Amen? And, and spiritual fathers, guess what? Guess what? Some of you all don't have dads that, that did this stuff for you. Some of you um, don't have children to do these things in or your children to grow up. But guess what? Spiritual fathers is part of God's provision to bring the, the blessing of the father into people's lives. And a spirit, we, we can represent the father to other people. It doesn't just have to be in the home unit, okay? Represent the, the love, the unconditional love, and the belief in the, in the straight, narrow path kind of living to other people. And we can deposit belief into people. I believe you're going to change the world. I had people tell me that, and it, and it set my life straight in places that it was going dysfunctional. My, my, one of my first spiritual father's name was Mick Ireton. In a time when I was, my world was, it was broken. He said, Jesse, you're going to change the world. God's got a plan for your life. I'm like, whoa, nobody's ever told me that before. I mean, my parents did. Now i got somebody else saying that. Wow. And it imparted a grace to me. Come on. We can do that for other people. The, the, the declaration of belief. You've got what it takes. You've got what it takes. You can do this. What is our father role for? We can't guarantee the outcomes, but we can do the best we can. I want you guys to hear this. The, the father role is to raise up disciples of Christ, mature and grounded men and women, your grandchildren's godly parents, to raise up tomorrow's culture setters, tomorrow's church pillars and leaders, kingdom carriers, salt and, life, salt and light of the earth, cities on a hill, walkers on the straight and narrow, and ambassadors of the gospel. These are the things that we get to raise up. Come on. The powerful fatherhood. We make a difference. We, we can make a difference. We can make a difference. And, and I don't know like how this message feels to people. I say it in love. I, I can say that for sure. I, I know that my heart gets convicted about these things. But guess what? Men, God has called you to be the priest of your home. The priest of your home. Your role is a holy one in God's eyes. He believes in you. <laughs> God can restore all things. And in this end time, God has, God has plans to shake this earth like we've never seen before. 
shake it like we've never seen before. And in Malachi 4 through 5, it's a prophecy about this time we're coming into. It says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. His heart is to restore fathers to children. And it's not too late. It's not too late for the restoration of parents and children. Come on. The curse comes because of the lack of a healthy home, but God wants to bring restoration and heal the land of the curse. It's one of the top reasons that the, the world is as dark as it is right now, but God's coming to shift things. And Joel Chapter 2, it talks about the end-time revival and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it prophesies that all the, the things that have been broken and, and the, the years that the locusts have stolen all the harvests, that God's going to restore all the things that were stolen. And it says He's going to pour His Spirit out on all flesh. And, the, and it says that this, the, the fathers and the mothers and the sons and the daughters are going to prophesy and dream dreams. He's restoring the generations. Restoring homes, connections to fathers and mothers and daughters and sons. And He wants to bring a restoring, reconciling, redeeming Spirit and if we, if we don't think that we have the option of having a healthy father in our life, guess what? God comes to fill the gap. He comes to fill the gap. He's a good father. And, it, and in Psalm 68, it says, A father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. He's your father and he can fill the gap. He can, he can restore the heart. The grace of the Lord comes in and he brings strength where we're weak. He loves us in the wounds. He restores us in the brokenness. He, he can set straight dysfunction and he does not even hate dysfunction in our lives. That must be the Lord's sign that I'm wrapping up. The Lord wants to, he wants to heal the imbalances of our life. He wants to make us whole where we're broken. And he wants to do this in our personal lives. He wants to do this in our homes. He wants to do this in our church. He wants to do this in our city. He wants to do this in our nation. And in the, in the prevailing culture, he wants to bring order and restoration to these things. Thank you, Lord. And he brings father figures into our lives where we need it. Mother figures into our lives where we need it. He can love through other vessels and, and pour into us, into the places that maybe it was lacking in our growing up. He's good. <laughs> He's good. And, and guess what? Dads, if, we, if we've missed it, there's grace. 
There's grace. <laughs> My friend Dave Knoll texted me this morning. He said, why does God whisper? Because he's close. Why does God whisper? Because he's close. Wow. I said, I said, amen. He's not, he's not quite the yelling dad type, is he? He whispers because he's close. <laughs> Women, I want to ask you to be praying for our men. Be praying for our men, women. And, and, and not, let's not focus on the ways that, they've, that we have fallen short, please. But to see with the eyes of grace and, and, to, and to understand that there's a satanic assault on manhood, on masculinity, on sexual purity, on fatherhood. It's a satanic assault. How, how men get impacted directly impacts women and children and church and society. Men are supposed to be anchors to, bring, to help bring balance and stability. This is not to take away from the amazing virtues of women, I promise you. I'm not, this is not a chauvinistic thing. Everybody has the strength, but these are the ones that Satan has been attacking for generations. And he knows that when the core strength gets battered and, and shaken and dropped to its knees, that everything else goes topsy-turvy, and that's his best environment to work in. So women, we, we need your encouragement we men need your encouragement. We need your support. We need your prayers. We need your belief in us. <laughs> and I need you guys to give me a lot of grace because it feels so thick in here right now. And maybe you're bored. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe some of you just think this is like so irrelevant because this isn't a room full of just men who are dads. I don't know. It's important for all of us. And like I said, I say these things because I'm, I'm declaring order where things have gotten disbalanced, yeah. imbalanced in our, in our society. Yeah. And I want to ask all men to please stand. Men, stand. <laughs> and I'll ask the women to point your hands towards the men. And I'm going to make some declarations over you right now. If you don't know Jesus yet, I, I believe you will, and I'm going to speak these over you for when you do, okay? I think everybody in here probably does, though. I want to declare some things into your spirit right now. I want you to open your hearts and, and receive this, because I feel that the Father will also put wind on this for you, if you will lay hold of this. As a matter of fact, wives, if there's any wives here, if you can lay your hand on your husband, that would be awesome too while I declare these things. Here we go. You are a man. You're a man. You are a man. Ha, ah, Jessica's coming here to... You are masculine. You are masculine. 
You are a son of the Most High God. You are a son of the Most High God. You have a spirit and nature inside you. You emulate the Father. You are a mighty man of God. You have strength inside of you to impart to your children and to the other people that God brings around you. You are a son. Receive the impartation of your manhood from your heavenly Father. Learn from Him how to impart this to others. Learn from Him how to impart godly identity into your children and to those that God's given you influence. You are the priest of your home. You are God's spiritual covering to your family. You are raising little princes and princesses. Demonstrate to them and include them in your unfolding royal life. Amen? Church, can we honor our fathers right now? Yep. I love you guys. Love you guys.